Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 72. This episode is brought to you by my free online workshop, 10 Truths to Crush Homeschool Burnout. Whether you're a new homeschooling parent or a veteran parent, I want you to know that there are some mindset shifts that need to take place in order to avoid that burnout that unfortunately a lot of us experience. So whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, I think you'll be encouraged, inspired, and helped by some actionable strategies in this workshop, 10 Truths to crush homeschool burnout. You can find it at 41more.com forward slash burnout. Welcome to episode number 72, all about organizing your homeschool. And you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 72. There are going to be a lot of links shared today because I was able to chat with Lisa Woodruff of Organize365.com. Lisa is a productivity specialist, a home organization expert, and she founded this company and now runs it, Organize365. I've been following her for a long time. She originally was blogging back in the day, and she still does have a website with her posts, but she also is a podcaster, and she has a really great podcast that I know you're going to want to listen to. It's inspiring. I find Lisa has a lot of energy and a lot of great actionable tips. It's not just, you know, rah, rah, you can get organized. She tells you how to do it, and she has products that will help you, and definitely her podcast will help you get started as well. So I knew when I wanted to tap the um, topic of homeschool organization, I wanted to reach out to Lisa and see if she would go ahead and chat with me. And she was so kind to do so. I really enjoyed this. And so let's jump right into our conversation. Afterwards, I'll make sure I have a few things I want to add that I thought of after our interview. That always happens, right? It kind of I kind of blanked out on a few things I also wanted to mention. But I'll go ahead and jump in after the interview and go ahead and wrap things up. Definitely all the links and resources we will mention will be in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 72. Now sit back, relax, enjoy. Here's my conversation with Lisa Woodruff. Lisa, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So Lisa, I've been listening to your podcast for years, but I know some of my audience might not know who you are. Could you briefly introduce yourself, your family, and your business to my audience? Sure. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I started the brand Organize 365 in January of 2012. I had no idea what the business would be, but over the last eight and a half years, I have kind of refined my message to helping women at home make their house feel like a home. That's basically the gist of what Organize 365 does, and especially in getting their paper organized. Most women can figure out how to declutter and organize the home spaces 
But the paper, that's a whole different beast. And so I tend to tackle paper. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have two kids, uh, one that just graduated high school that I homeschooled the last two years of her high school years. She is going to a community college. And my son is 20, and he's just finishing up a two-year degree in an audio engineering school. I've been married for 25 years this summer to Greg, and we have Hunter. He may make a cameo appearance inside of this podcast. He's our Shiba Inu five-year-old dog. Awesome. So I've got to start by asking you this question. Have you always been an organized person? I have. I have always been an organized person. And because I was an organized, born organized person and like my mother was not, I thought, oh, well, you either have the gene or you don't. But in uh, starting my business, Organized 365, and physically organizing a lot of women's homes in Cincinnati, I realized that women can learn the skill of organization. It's just like any other skill. And then I put on my teaching hat. I have a teaching degree from Miami University. And I sought out to discover how can we teach the skill of organizing uh, in the different phases of life? And then ultimately, how can I do that online versus in person at those high professional organization dollar per hour rates? I'm glad you said that because I know you've said on your podcast that organization is a learned skill. So that does Mm -hmm. give hope to moms who are like, I am not normally organized naturally. So it sounds like there's hope there. Absolutely. Well, I mean, everything is learnable, right? And, And the things that there haven't been courses that you can take in, then you think, oh, that's something that I can't learn. But the more that the internet expands and we connect with other people, we realize that really everything is a learnable skill. It's just a matter of figuring out how do we teach it? Like, how do you teach something that some people are innately just good at and that it changes over the course of your life? So you can be a really organized child and then not organized when you're in your early parenting years or really organized when your kids are little, but then they go to high school and college. It seems like everything falls apart and you're like, are you kidding me? Like there's nobody in the house. How can I be disorganized now? But it's because you're in a different phase of life and you need different organization. That's very true. It changes. It does. Um, We are going to mainly talk about organizing homeschool because, I mean, whether or not some moms were homeschooling already, others are deciding for the first time, I've got to figure out this homeschooling thing. And organizing, I mean, homeschooling is a lot of paperwork and a lot of books and schedules. And it's just, it can be really chaotic. So I would love for you to share with us your best advice, but I feel like there are two groups of homeschool parents, right? Some people have this whole room that is like their homeschool room. So that's like one beast. And then there's the rest of us who we do it at the kitchen table or we do it like all over the place. And that I feel like is another different kind of organizing beast. So maybe you could take each one of those and tell us like, what are your best tips? How would you walk someone through organizing for homeschool? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that we have two totally different audiences that are turning in. There may be people listening to your podcast for the very first time just because of COVID and they're exploring what homeschooling is. I did homeschool my daughter for the last two years of high school. I am a trained educator. I have taught all different grade levels. I have tutored kids. Like I have a lot of a teaching degree. I did not plan on homeschooling my daughter. And when I ended up homeschooling my daughter, uh, both of my kids have a lot of learning Uh, disabilities. They're awesome, amazing kids that are going to be contributing members of society, but school was not their thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I homeschooled, I was very realistic with myself about the goal of finishing high school for her in a way that was positive for her self-esteem and taught her the skills that she needed. And a lot of our courses you would not have found inside of a high school. And I've been pretty vocal on the Organized 365 podcast as a teacher, as a parent, 
that we are living in unprecedented times. I hate that word. (laughs) (laughs) But in the same sense, like as the math and history teacher, like it is a fantastic a fascinating time to be alive. Like the amount of history that is created in 2020 is amazing. Mm-hmm. Generations, a hundred years from now, they will look back on 2020 as such an amazing pivotal year in so many ways. So homeschooling in general, while it can replace traditional in in-person school, it also can be whatever you want it to be. And every state is different. So I'm in the state of Ohio and the state of Ohio has very liberal Uh, laws for homeschooling. And um, you have a lot of freedom in what you choose to do. And so if I were choosing to homeschool today and my kids were younger, we would be diving majorly into what is the difference between state and federal rights? Because you can totally see it playing out everywhere you turn. Like how does what the Supreme Court does then change what's going on inside the states and the federal government or medicine? If you want to dive into medicine and how vaccines are created and how long they take and how they do trials and follow the, I think there are 24 vaccines right now in trials and follow those and just learning. I am a lifelong learner. Learning is all about following your passion and researching and and knowing more and then spinning off from that. So I'm a classically trained teacher, but I ended up teaching in Montessori. And in Montessori, I taught middle school algebra and I had 21 students. I had 21 different lesson plans because they all moved at different paces. So, you know, if it took them longer to learn chapter one, we stayed in chapter one. And I had one student that was, you know, all the way through algebra one and algebra two in one year. And I just paced with him. Like as he was ready, we just kept moving. We kept moving. And Think about loving learning, like the last time you really loved learning and then figure out how much record keeping do you need to keep for your state and then for you to feel like you've done a good job. Sometimes we tend to, if we homeschool, we tend to try to recreate the school system. And the hardest thing for teachers who are in the school system is all the paperwork and now the administration and all the record keeping. Mm -hmm. And there's actually very little of that that has to be tangibly kept when you're homeschooling. So I know, Abby, you have so much more experience than I do, but um, did you have anything you wanted to add to what I said to that for people who are brand new thinking about it? Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm a teacher too. I taught middle school before mm-hmm. I became a mom. And it, you're right. I, and I always say like pe- pe- homeschool parents feel like they have to do the teacher planner, like, you yeah. know, like you would do in a classroom. And I'm like, no, you don't. Cause this is your one kid at home or two kids or three. And yeah, it doesn't have to be as complicated as like what a classroom teacher would have to do. So I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, do you, so I, we're going to get into your work boxes, which is kind of like the paper side of homeschooling. Cause we do have like yeah. two things. We have the paper side and then we have the physical space side. So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. do you, did you have some great, like, how did you organize? Well, you, you homeschooled a high schooler, which is different than a little kid too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, have you organized people's houses at homeschooled or have yeah, ideas yeah. for their rooms or how do you, how do you do the physical space with homeschooling? Yes. So I think, um, you have the blessing and the privilege of being individualized for your student and also for yourself. So there are some, um, again, we want to cover what's covered in schooling, but you have your home as your school. And especially if you are working from home now and you didn't before, or you're trying to get a full-time job done and homeschooling, I really want you to think about the personality styles of everyone in your home, the goal of your homeschooling, and what is going to work best for you. So I have organized uh, many families that homeschool. It is great to have a school area, an area that you go to do some of your formal schooling, especially the subjects that are hardest for your student. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, this is the hour that we do the math 
breath or this is the hour that whatever their subject is, this is the hardest. And then the other ones can be more free flowing. Mm -hmm. But I also found in some homeschooling families, their families work better at night. Like Mm -hmm. the kids need more sleeping time in the morning for whatever reason. They're raising creative kids who are wolves and they come alive at night. That may work to your advantage during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. to get up even an hour or two early and get your work work done. If you have a, a paid for job that you're trying to get it done, start homeschooling at one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. Do science and history after dinner. You know, you can make those chunks of time anywhere in your day. So you can reorient your day and then find a place that you do that same subject over and over again. You don't have to go sit in a schoolroom that's in the basement for six hours straight in order to get school done. But you may say every day from two to four, we're going to be in the basement. It's cooler. It's, you know, after you've had lunch and everything, and we're going to hammer down on the things that need to be done. But we're going to do reading before bed. We're going to do science outside in the morning on the deck or whatever, you know, have different areas that you do those different things. The thing that is the most important I find is having a weekly schedule so that kids can look daily and weekly and see where those blocks are. Mm-hmm. You may choose to do uh, to take a day off of work or say that Thursday is going to be your history and science day and you actually go drive to a park or if your museums are open, you go and you do museum day that day or you watch a movie about something like that and then recreate a diorama and you can do that as well. You can put different longer subjects on one day and they do math reading and um, maybe your religion classes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The flexibility that you have with homeschool, it does make it possible to work, to do mm-hmm. a side job. Like it, people do mm-hmm. ask that. They're like, how can I do it all? Because it doesn't take as long as you know, school, you're one-on-one and you totally have the flexibility to move it around. So I totally agree with that. I think it's helpful when you're thinking about your homeschooling schedule. First, what do you want to accomplish in this year? Like what, what grades need to be covered and what subjects need to be covered? And then who in your family is best to cover those and at what times of day? So let's say that your mom is an amazing cook and you you just aren't. I'm not. I clearly am not. Like I would send Abby and I did send Abby over to Greg's mom's house once a week and she learned to cook something every week. Mm -hmm. And so if you are social distancing, but you're already social distancing with extended family, utilize extended family. And also I hired a lot of tutors. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like if you choose to do homeschooling, that you have to do all of the instruction yourself. You can do tutors in person. You can do tutors through the different various services online, or I found mine through care.com. So if there's a subject you're really weak in, Mm -hmm. put that at a certain time of day and have them get on Zoom and do that with someone else as well. Yeah, totally true. I know what I was going to ask. I was thinking like if someone's just thinking for the first time this summer, okay, I'm going to homeschool this fall and they feel like their whole house is a mess. Do they need to declutter their house before they start? Or could they just start with getting the homeschool organized and work from there. What do you think? Yeah, no, no. You don't need to declutter your entire house before, before, you know, that's something that women think. We're like, okay, I am going to do a puzzle for myself. First, I need to clean the entire house. And then you're like, oh, I ran out of all the time that I have for myself. I mean, organization is a great class to have in. Uh, and, and I have often said that sign up for the 100 day program for the adults, but the kids in my kids school program, kids learn how to organize their bedroom just by being in my kids program. And I have plenty of 
um, information there. We also have a new planner that we're coming out with in the middle of July that is going to allow kids to write down, and I'm going to teach them how to keep track of their assignments that will work in traditional school, schooling from home, or homeschooling. Teaching kids those organizational skills are lifelong skills. And that's, you know, what homeschooling is so awesome is that lifelong skills are not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Learning how to do cooking, laundry, budgeting, cleaning your house, not going mm-hmm. anywhere. A lot of the math that I have taught for years and years and years is now on the computer that you have in your phone. Mm-hmm. Like my kids, neither of my children were able to learn multiplication facts. Like they just can't do them by rote. For whatever reason, their learning disability really prevented them in that. And we practiced those for seven years. And I kept going to the school saying, look, They're carrying the iPhone. Like it does not matter what seven times seven is. They're never going to mentally do that math. So Mm -hmm. what are your kids' skill sets? What are -hmm. are the things that you know you want them to have as adults and put those living skills into your curriculum? I totally love that. I agree. It makes so much sense. Do it as a family, right? Learn these skills Mm -hmm. as a family. I love that. So recently, and this might've been a re-air of your podcast. It might've come from an old podcast that you re-aired, but I heard this idea that I thought would be great to, to share today was your idea of for making a store for all your supplies. So yes. can you tell us what that means? Because I think this is what homeschool moms probably need to implement for the fall. Yes, this is true for all parents is you... Uh, if your kids go to traditional school, like first through third grade, every other day they ask you for more glue sticks. Like you feel like all you do is buy glue sticks. And then all of a sudden they stop asking for glue sticks. But every time you go to the store, you buy more. And then when your kids are like in middle school, you realize you have like 300 glue sticks all over the house. So create a store, like an office supply store in your house for all office supplies, printer paper, printer ink, glue sticks, crayons, markers, whatever. For those that are in traditional schools, it could be just in a front hall closet or in one curio cabinet. For homeschooling families, usually that is a room. It could be a spare bedroom. It could be a portion of your dining room or living room or family room or a basement area or a certain closet where all of the extra workbooks, paper, construction paper, paint, all of those things live. And especially during the global pandemic, but I always said this before this, if you're going to homeschool your kids, And your house is going to be for you working from home and for homeschooling and for living and for entertaining, designate a room for school. And that can be your living room or dining room. It doesn't have to be a basement, doesn't have to be an extra bedroom or corner of a bedroom. You could take your living room and have that be your um, homeschool because you're going to use it every single day, whereas you're going to use it as a formal living room maybe three times a year. It doesn't make sense to have that space allocated that way. Mm-hmm. So how have you done that? Have you done that in people's houses? Do they just use, they would use like their hutch or whatever in the dining room and that would be their school supply closet? Yeah. Not if you're homeschooling. <laughs> like if you have kids in yeah. school, yes. yes. If you're homeschooling, you need a library. Like yeah. you need some kind of a shelving unit. Almost all the homeschooling families I have uh, organized use some kind of an Ikea Kallax cube system because traditional bookshelves are only 11 inches deep whereas that is 14 inches deep. So you can get the big board books on there. You can get big binders on there. You can even put Tonka trucks or science kits or whatever you want. And each of those cubes, instead of a whole shelf on a a bookshelf, allow you to segment what you have. So you can have, you know, solar system stuff in this Mm -hmm. cube. And like, you can even have that whole row be science, but each cube inside of that cube system can be a different unit that you're going to study or a different grade level. 
Awesome. So we've talked a lot about the physical space and now I want to transition and talk about paper. And I know what you have is a workbox, a homeschool Friday workbox. I know you also have the Sunday basket. So maybe you could briefly explain like if homeschool moms are looking for a way to be organized, what do these systems, what would they do for homeschool moms this year? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So I have two systems. They are, one's called the Sunday basket and one's called a Friday workbox. And they're called Sunday basket because you're supposed to do it on Sunday and Friday workbox because you do it on Friday. So your Sunday basket is for all your household paper, actionable to do's. That's not what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And your Friday workbox, which I have a homeschool one. I have eight different ones. Homeschool is one. This is a place to put everything related to homeschool. And you're like, wow, is the box Mm -hmm. the size of my house? Mm -hmm. No, it is a small like size of a watermelon box, Mm -hmm. but it's not for all the paint. It's for all of the papers that go with your homeschool. So like your kids can turn things in, like it's a teacher inbox, Mm -hmm. but it's also for your ideas. So with homeschooling, there is a lot of paperwork and there's some accountability in that paperwork, but mostly it is you're reading a book about caterpillars and then you realize that your son is really into caterpillars. You're like, oh, we could get caterpillars and we could grow caterpillars. And you grab an index card and you write down growing caterpillars into butterflies and you throw it in your Friday box. And then on Friday, you look at all of these notes that you've written to yourself as you're doing science experiments, as you're reading books, as the kids are asking questions like, how does the judicial system work? Or what is the difference between church and state? Or I heard this uh, book on a podcast. Let me look it up and see if I want to get it from the library or add it to our library collection. On Friday, you as the teacher are then looking through all of the learnings that you've had during the week, like the papers that your kids have turned in, write in your journal what they've done for accountability purposes, and then plan the next week of what you want to do. Homeschooling can be planned for the entire year. You can buy a curriculum like that, or you can do it more free-flowing where on Friday, you need to give yourself about 90 minutes to go through what you've learned this week, just like a teacher would do. Like if you're a teacher, give yourself teacher planning hours Mm -hmm. and then think about, okay, based on what they learned this week and what we're excited about and what's going on in the world, it would be really cool if we did this next week and put in some of the big rocks of what you want to cover next week and let your teaching be a little bit more free flowing with your family, your kids and what's going on in the world. And do you have a student, a homeschool student workbox, or is that just a planner? We just have a planner right now. And then I have the kids. Um, there is a kids launch bundle, which has a Lisa binder. So again, my kids have learning disabilities and every year they would always have like a different math teacher, a different reading teacher that had all these expectations of, I want this binder and I want this color folder and I want all these things. And it was too overwhelming for my kids because they both have ADHD and they have a lot of transition issues Mm -hmm. when they were younger. So I got them one binder, just one binder with Mm -hmm. five colored slash pockets in it. And math is always red and reading Mm -hmm. is always orange and history is always yellow. And so it doesn't matter what grade they were in or what school they were in, Mm -hmm. their binder was set up organized correctly. So that's how I organize the kids. And then the parents have a bunch of different colored slash pockets for each subject to plan things out. Awesome. I'm going to link to all your stuff. And I know you have like podcast episodes and posts and stuff that will explain like the work boxes and the Sunday basket in yep. detail. So we'll link to all that stuff. Um, I definitely feel like people need to check this out if they're struggling with organization and haven't found something that works for them. I think this might fit for some people, right? Like I, I, I am that kind of, um, scatterbrained idea person too. So I love the idea of writing down and just, but getting it out of your brain. So you're not. Yeah. And I just want to caution people like, 
Um, do not say, oh, this is going to be the solution. I'm going to buy Lisa's workbox, and then my paper organization is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't don't sign up for it mm-hmm. because I believe in progress, not perfection. Done is better than perfect. I have been a teacher for years. You never have a perfect school year. You never have a perfect day. You're not going to as a parent either. So don't set yourself up for that expectation of, oh, if I just buy this thing, mm-hmm. then I am going to be more organized. Teaching and homeschooling is messy. It yeah. is not predictable. It is, you have a loose plan and the looser you hold your plans, the more fun the learning can be. Mm-hmm. And so we need a way to organize our ideas and have some kind of a plan and a roadmap to run on, mm-hmm. but we're not trying to create a perfect schedule or a perfect box or a perfect way to do this. We'll spend so much of our time in trying to perfect the system instead of just enjoying the learning and getting enough organization there for mm-hmm. us to kind of be a step ahead of our kids, but still have fun fun doing it. I think you're right. Sometimes we're paralyzed by fear. Like we feel like mm-hmm. we can't do it unless it's perfect to start and it's mm-hmm. never going to be. So I think that's a great, that's great advice. Yeah. You're learning with your kids. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you know, everything and you're teaching it to your kids when you're homeschooling. It's not mm-hmm. true that way for teachers either in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's why they teach differently the same subject every single year, because we are learning and growing. We're all learning and growing. You're just mm-hmm. guiding the learning as we're all exploring together. So don't worry about having it perfect and stop checking Pinterest for what schoolrooms <laughs> are supposed to look like. Stop thank it. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That can be really disturbing, right? Yes. Like, My house does not look like that. Right? Nobody's are, house looks like no, that. No, Even that right. house five minutes yeah. after the picture's taken. <laughs> That's very true. So Lisa, um, any last minute encouragement you can leave with my homeschool moms to help them like not to be discouraged or just last minute organizing tips? How, how would you like to leave us today? Yeah. So my children are adopted. There are blessings that were delivered to us. And I firmly believe that I have the children that I was meant to have, even though they're not my birth children. And I believe that you have the children in your home today that you are meant to steward and guide and grow and direct and that you have inside of you everything that your children need. You don't need to worry about what other people are doing with their children or uh, what other people's homeschooling rooms look like. Your family at this time in this place have everything they need to continue to learn and grow together. And I'm excited for your next school year. Yay. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Abby. Well, that was a super fun conversation with Lisa all about organizing. And I hope that you'll check out her podcast at organize365.com. I'll put all the links in the show notes of stuff we talked about today, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash 72. Now, before we wrap up here, I just wanted to mention two more things that were on my mind after this conversation. The first was in relationship to that store we were talking about, like creating a store in your home for all your office supply products. So you know where they are. You can shop your own supplies before going out and buying stuff. I would say if you've got lots of kids, especially of the same gender, that having a kid's store for clothes and shoes is a great way to save money and also be organized. With our four boys within five years of each other, we totally had a store and we still do. And so one kid outgrows this dress shirt or you know outgrows these pants 
pants and there's still life in them or shoes or whatever, right? We stick them up there and I have a big closet where I organize everything by size, kind of like a big clothing store. And whenever someone needs something, we first check there before we go buy it. So I think this idea of a store can really go with a lot of categories, especially if you have multiple kids in your home who are going to be sharing supplies, clothes, shoes, all that stuff. And then one other takeaway I thought was really important to emphasize, which Lisa did mention, I really think as a homeschool parent trying to organize and decide how am I going to use my home, go ahead and give yourself permission to rethink your rooms, right? Like she was mentioning, the dining room doesn't have to be a dining room. If you're going to homeschool every day and you want a space to do it, why make yourself go down to the basement? Maybe your basement is dingy, but you're like, well, I have to do it down there because I can't use my dining room. Well, maybe your formal dining room, you, you only use it twice a year right now anyway. So can you, do you really have to keep it a formal dining room or could you transform it and use it for a homeschool room? So sometimes we feel like we're constrained in the box. And if this is officially a dining room, we can't change it. Or if this is officially a living room, we cannot make changes. No, you totally can. So that's another thing to think about if you're, especially if you're homeschooling for the first time this fall and you're going, where are we going to do our school? Go ahead and rethink the way you use your rooms. So these are just a few ideas I wanted to throw in here at the very end. This was such a fun conversation for me to have with Lisa. And so definitely check out her links. This is a great time to get organized for the new school year. I think we've given you a lot of ideas in this podcast. Check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 72. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.